Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, Thursday edition. Here we go. It is Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. If you didn't hear on the crossover with Randy and Michelle, we have got, I call them instant offense, baby. Instant offense, Dr. Rick Lehman. And yes, we will talk about the coronavirus. I know we can't get away from it. Anytime you turn on the news, you're hearing about it. But I want to talk about uh, sports with it. And we've got sports coming back. And maybe you have children that are playing sports at any level. Going back to college or high school or Little League. And uh, we've got kids going back to school. So how is that going to affect your kids? We want to know about it. So some of those questions hopefully will be answered with Dr. Rick. And if you have a question for him, text it in 65780 to the Air Comfort Service text line or drop us a mic drop, the Rhino Shield mic drop. What I like to do, by the way, is um, most, uh, most times is have a little monologue here at the beginning, kind of cover some of the news of the day or yesterday, get you caught up to date. Give a little opinion, get your thoughts on this, and see what you think, because you guys make me think. You're the smart ones, because I'm not really bright writer, because I'm in radio. You know, we're in media. You're shaking your head. I mean, I work in radio, so (laughs) (laughs) it's why we do this. So 65780, and uh, that is the Air Comfort Service text line. Okay, we're about a week into Major League Camp. Clearly some bumps in the road when you think about testing. We've heard about some of the big names opt out, and some of the big names have stayed in. Cardinals camp, it continues. They'll have another practice tonight. How about Jason Stark, one of the top riders in baseball, the Hall of Famer of the Athletic? How is it going? I didn't know that the testing was going to experience this many glitches. I don't think anybody did uh, because that's that's the one thing that just can't happen. If this is going to work, players have to be tested every other day at the very least. And those results have to come back quickly. I mean, the fact that we have had what, four teams say it's not safe for us to work out. Plus a fifth team in the, the A's couldn't hold a full squad workout for four days because they didn't have their test results back. That's just not acceptable. If that happens once the games start, nobody's sure exactly how it's going to work, but I would think that games would have to be canceled if whole teams say, we don't feel safe. Right, but last 24, 48 hours, it's gotten better. And those were the glitches over the weekend and the 4th of July. So now those glitches start to get out of the way. It becomes a rhythm to this. Players not testing positive. And we're going to have some positive tests. We know that. But there's a rhythm to this. And, you know, pray to God there's not something serious with this. They quarantine two negatives. They come back in. That's what you want. And hopefully, again, pray to God nothing serious happens. In terms of the competition on the field, again, Mike Schilt meeting with the media and it's Zoom calls every day with the media. Nothing in person uh, with the assembled media, writing, electronic media, doesn't matter. Everything's done on Zoom. And Mike Schilt talked about the competition thus far in this camp and still about two and a half weeks to go. Yeah, there's always opportunities. That's what the beautiful thing about this game is. I mean, you know, clearly every time you're out there, there's an opportunity to compete. And, um, you know, we live in that that game, and, and where you know we we're in a competitive evaluation based game. Um, that being said, there's clearly guys that have earned their opportunity to, to start and to play and, and to get you know continue to move forward without getting the specifics. But 
you know, we do have a 30-man roster coming to start the season. So there's going to be, you know, four extra opportunities off the bat um, guaranteed for people on the roster. And then, you know, to listen, you, you know, it's about what you do with the opportunities you're given. And, you know, some guys are going to get every opportunity that they probably want. And then there's some guys that would like more opportunities and, you know, just have to go out and earn more. So the one I'm really curious about right now, Alex Reyes, haven't seen him in camp, still waiting for Giovanni Gallegos. That's a big one. And the other big one, I think that a lot of fans are curious about. He's always an interesting topic of conversation. No matter where you go, it seems like every year he's such a talent. And that is one Carlos Martinez. Yeah, I appreciate respect it. He's dedicated himself to his craft and, and has a goal, which, you know, for the last couple of years, we've had, we've shared the same goal. We just hadn't been able to align. And so now it looks like he's got a much better chance to align. He's put his time in and the effort in and the work in between that and all the things that it takes to to be a starter that you know look this guy's been a starter and been two all-star games so just a matter of getting back to the dedication of his craft and making sure he can recover and and handle the load of course the load will be a little short this year with a shortened season but um you know it, it always starts with the player's mindset and mentality and and um, we're here to support it all right so if he's healthy and randy mentioned that in the Dominican, I guess it was a week ago, he had, what, 75, 80 pitches? If that's the case, if he's ramped up that much and he was going to be a starter coming out of spring, and I said yesterday I thought he might be a closer because you don't have those back-end options, and there's some. You know, Helsley could do that. You've got Andrew Miller. Uh, there's some, you know, Junior Fernandez could be there. But the one given you have is Carlos Martinez, and you have five other starters, then I thought that would be the guy. But look, if he's amped up to be a starter and they've been on Zooms, they've watched him throw, well, we're going to know more here in the next few days, then maybe he's in your rotation. And if everything was normal, everything was right, look, he's a starter. He's got that kind of talent. But time will tell. We'll see here in the next week or so as it concerns Carlos Martinez. Um, Tough news if you're a football fan. And maybe is this the first domino to fall in college football? Some would say yes. I would say eh, not yet. But the Ivy League canceled fall sports. Heather Denich of ESPN. I think it could have a snowball effect quite quickly for other FCS schools. And I I think it's probably safe to say that um, they're going to postpone fall sports at the very least. I think this is going to have a trickle-down effect to other FCS programs, to answer your question, regardless of what it is. But I have spoken to multiple decision-makers at the highest level, Power 5 commissioners and athletic directors, and they are not really convinced that this is going to be a decision-making, a make-or-break factor for them. Yeah, I agree. You know, a lot of people that I talked to yesterday were calling me, texting me, saying, see, this is the first domino. I said, hold hold on. This is the Ivy League. No disrespect to the Ivy League and their sports. But it's the Ivy League. Their football made $31 million collectively. $31 million, okay? To put it in perspective, Big Ten last year, football, take a guess, $1 billion. Okay, they're going to take this thing up until the final minute to make that decision. A billion. Over a billion. That's not including... You know, the other big conferences, the big five that we always talk about comes down to money. Follow the money. Push it back to spring. Then say goodbye to your top players because they're not going to compete. They're going to go to the NFL draft. But it is concerning. There's no doubt about it. 
On to hockey. Doug Armstrong was part of This Week in Hockey on 101 ESPN. And amazingly, and I, I just, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I can't believe this. And good on hockey, man. Good on Donald Fear. Good on Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner. And two guys that I can't believe got this thing done because I saw Donald Fear for years in Major League Baseball representing the Players Association. Kind of a great villain. And here is the commissioner of the NHL, a guy that I saw actually not have a season. And yet during a pandemic, get a CBA done? An extension during a pandemic? And Doug Armstrong, the GM of the Blues, was a part of this week in hockey on your home of the Blues 101 and commended everybody that got this thing done. The troubles that, that we're having in sport are so minor compared to the troubles people are having in their day-to-day lives, not only with the virus, but with employment and the economy. So I think it was paramount that our group just did things behind closed doors and, and worked. And if they couldn't get an agreement, no one would be any the wiser. But hopefully they were able to get an agreement. We got labor peace. But just the way that they, they went about it. And Colton Pranko is our player rep I give a ton of credit for. He had to take that information from, from the PA, give it to his teammates, uh, make sure everybody was up to speed on what was going on. And uh, just a ton of credit goes to the players to, uh, for how smooth this went. Well, that is so well put by Doug. Because when you think about it, we heard a lot of stuff with MLB. And now in the next few days and weeks, you're going to hear a ton of stuff with the NFL. We already are starting to hear about it. You know that, Ryder. I mean, we're hearing about it already. You know, with preseason games getting canceled, NFL season coming up, owners are saying, well, would you put some money in escrow? And players saying, ah, no, whoa, 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 whoa. nope, not doing it. Mm-mm. Well, that's going to get nasty. We're hearing about the money in college football. And should you put athletes at risk and... Why are the athletes that aren't getting paid putting themselves at risk with a virus so that schools and universities can benefit? It's all about money. And yet here's the NHL coming out with a four-year agreement. Doug talking about, you know, all these people with unemployment and various things that are going on during a pandemic. And yet quietly the NHL got a four-year extension done. Good on the NHL. Now the NHL players are back at their home cities. And the key now for the Blues in regards to the St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions, it's about keeping the players, um, trying to keep them with negative tests here in St. Louis and then getting them to Edmonton and their hub city. Not an easy thing to do. Doug Armstrong, GM of the Blues. It's just getting to that level. Uh, you know, you want to you want to have people enjoy the last uh, 10 days or two weeks with their family before we go away. But we have to do it smart, and we're hoping that guys can come in, go to work, and then go home and spend time around their house or go for walks or go to the park, but stay at social distance and stay out of uh, busy environments. Uh, you'd hate to be to, to get that close and then, and then uh, you know, have an outbreak. But I think also there has to be some reality. There are going to be cases that pop up. Uh, just, you know, we're no different than society. It's just how we, how we deal with those, and, and if we can minimize the... Uh, the spread if someone gets it that's going to be the the task that that, that we have to accomplish yep and now the next order for business for Doug and it's not easy to do um, clearly wants to win the Stanley Cup and get his players healthy get them to Edmonton somehow keep the virus out of the bubble 
and uh, do it during a pandemic. Good luck, Doug. Not easy to do. Good luck to all the GMs. Good luck to the NHL to do it. But then when you're Doug Armstrong, you do, and for any GM, you, you've got at least um, an idea of what the, the salary cap is. And for Doug, he's got to figure out his captain. And we talked about it yesterday. This is not easy. Um, you're going to have to get creative. And what does legacy mean? And what does a guy in the prime of his career mean? What does a guy that wears the C mean? What does a guy that brings the cup for the first time to a hockey city that was starved for a franchise mean? Could have a statue out in front of Enterprise Center mean? What does the back end of the contract mean for an aging player potentially mean? All those things have to come into play. And you got to maneuver. You got to get rid of some players, maybe. Well, Craig Button was on with Rivs and BK, and he's a guy that's been in that seat before. And he had a pretty uh, pointed take on what you do if you're Doug Armstrong. Well, my decision would be real easy. It would be find a way to get him back. Number one, okay, he's a captain. Number two, he's a premier defenseman in the National Hockey He's going to be in the Norris Trophy conversation for the next number of years. I see him like Nick Lickstrom and his efficiency to play the game at a high level for a long period of time. He's so smart. He takes you off the puck. He knows how to, you know, be so economical with his efforts. He doesn't waste a lot of time because he is so exceptionally smart. And, you know, where are you going to go and find that replacement? Oh, yeah, there isn't one. So, to me, it's real simple. I'm finding every way I can to keep Alex Petrangelo. Because if you don't, and I'm not, and I, I have every confidence that Doug is doing everything he can to, 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 to do exactly that. But if you don't find a way to keep Alex Petrangelo, there's no players like him. There's none in your system. There's none on your team. There's none out there that you're going to bring in that can do what Alex Petrangelo is. To me, this is the, exactly the case with how important is he? You make decisions on other players. You know, we know we have a salary cap. We know you have to let, you have to make those decisions. I'm making them on other players. I'm not making them on unique players like Alex Petrangelo, and that's exactly how I see him. I tend to agree. Not an easy decision, but Doug has had some tough ones along the way, and he seems to be a guy that pulls the trigger and not afraid to do it and doesn't look back. So, some of the thoughts. Want to get, uh, want to get your thoughts. And what you think, Air Comfort Service, text line 65780, 65780. Rhino Shield, Mike Drop, we'll get to some of those later in the show. And coming up next, we'll visit with uh, Rick Lehman. And that's next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers 1025 here in St. Louis. Dan McLaughlin scoops with Danny Mack. And it is always a pleasure to visit with Rick Lehman from the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine. He is in the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, and uh, one of the top orthopedic surgeons in the country. He served on so many boards on the, the National Hockey League. I mean, you talk about surgeries you talk about viruses you want to talk about sports medicine you want to talk about instant offense for talk radio baby it's rick lehman how you doing doc what's going on danny mack i'm good how are you i'm doing great um well let's talk about the virus because um i've had you on multiple times we talk off the air all the time it's changing daily where are we uh, are we right now with sports and the COVID-19 coronavirus? Where, where are we right now with the return of sports? What would you say in, in general? Where are we right now with the return of sports? 
Well, you know, I think there's a lot of levels, and I think there's a lot of issues. I, 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 I watch this, and I'm in the middle of this on so many fronts, Major League Baseball, uh, the NHL, the Olympics, and basically I don't think there's a game plan to come back. So everybody says, look, we want to start training camp at this time or spring training, revisit spring training, and then somebody tests positive or five people test positive or the Phillies have some people test positive, and there's no path forward. And then we say, you know, we're going to do all these tests and the courier doesn't show up or we can't get the test back. And while we're testing and having a turnaround of two or three days when there's tests that you're going to get the turnaround in 15 minutes is hard to understand as well. So to answer your question, even though I think everyone's attentions are in the right place, I think the path forward is, is, is blocked. And, you know, what are we going to do if Mike Trout gets it or Yachty gets it and ends up on a ventilator? So there's a lot of questions right now, and there's not a lot of answers. So I would say right now you're looking at Harvard and the Ivies canceling fall sports, Stanford eliminating 11 sports. Uh, I would say in general uh, we're seeing a big resurgence, and I think that's put a, a big cross, uh, basically a roadblock in terms of our return to pro sports. And I think people are rethinking it, and I think we're going to have to do better moving forward in terms of looking at all the different parameters. Doc, explain to the general public and explain it to me, too. Um, if you go get a test, okay, so whether it's sports or not, you go, you, you drive somewhere, you go get a test, and we've seen the nasal test where they say, well, it's extremely uncomfortable, it goes up your nose. People say, well, it feels like it goes to your brain. Then there's there's people that say, well, you spit into a cup, right? And, and there's the saliva test. There's some that say, well, you can get a blood test. So there's various ways you can get a test. So maybe you can explain what those are, and then also if you can explain the turnaround on those tests and how quickly you can get those results. So just in general, try to explain to our public and our listening audience what those are. So, so the, 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 the one that goes up in your brain is called the PCR test. That has a turnaround of supposedly three or four days, but it's, been, it's turned out to be longer. It's been a week to ten days. And that test is very uncomfortable, and basically you're swabbing um, the whole nasal cavity trying to get a positive culture. And those tests are probably 50 or 60% accurate. Uh, the one you spit into a cup, you should be able to get a turnaround in two or three days. And that test also is looking for positive, you know, you're looking for viral organisms. You're actually trying to grow the organism. You're trying to visually see the organism. And the turnaround time is a little bit shorter. And that test probably also is about 50 50 or 60 percent accurate. The blood test is an antibody test to see if your body has responded and it's made antibodies, and that turned 20, 50, 20 minutes. Now, what's sophisticated, we're doing more and more tests, and I think for pro sports, Major League Baseball in particular, you, you need a test that's going to be a turnaround in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, because if you're going to send the test out and you're going to wait two or three days and Major League Baseball says they're going to test twice a week, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to realize that that can't work. While you're waiting for the test, someone could be positive, and then you're getting everybody together, the test comes back positive, and now you've basically basically infected half your team. So I think you have to, in pro sports and in our practice and our Olympic kids, we're using the test that probably have a 15- or 20-minute turnaround because we need the answers right away. 
And I think those tests are going to get more and more sophisticated and are going to be accurate. I think the PCR test, which was the initial test, is probably a little bit dated right now. And, and, and yes, it's very uncomfortable, and the turnaround time is unacceptable. In terms of, of the little guys, like Little League Baseball or soccer coming up in the fall, how comfortable do you feel about those kids playing sports and and just, you know, in general, those kids coming back in the fall and playing those types of sports? Well, you know, in general, I'm not really too worried about, you know, my take on it's a little bit different. I, I'm not really worried about kids. Kids are going to test positive. Some kids are going to get it. Most kids that get it are going to be fine. And we're really not seeing a lot of sick kids from, from the virus. We're seeing some positive tests. And St. Louis, is, you know, Missouri in general, but St. Louis in particular, has been pretty lucky. I mean, we, this hasn't been a hotbed of COVID, unlike New York, L.A., et cetera. And a lot of my athletes, a lot of the Olympic kids live in Florida or live in California. You know, the training's much better, and we're seeing a lot of activity there. So I think in general I feel pretty comfortable with the kids coming back, I worry a little bit about grandpa and grandma, and I worry a little bit about the coaches. But I think in general, the the damage we're doing to these kids is a lot worse than the COVID. You know, you, you got a kid sitting around the last three or four months. We're seeing PTSD. We're seeing developmental issues. And so parents out there listening, hey, you got to get your kids out. You know, they can't be sitting around playing Fortnite 14, 16 hours a day and being home and not socializing. And I think we're going to have a lot of problems down the line from these kids that are going to have problems and, and post-depression problems based on what this COVID has done in terms of the social distancing. Are you starting to see that now? Is that being talked about now? We're seeing it on a routine basis. Kids are coming in. They've gained 10 or 15 pounds. They all say, hey, I don't care about sports anymore. The parents say they're depressed. They're lethargic. Uh, you know, no one's really going to, to, to – they're supposed to be taking Zoom classes. When Zoom classes were um, at the end of the school season, the kids were just blowing it all off. And I'm seeing kids that are, have completely changed their social demeanor and their personalities and the parents are telling us, you know, they're depressed. We can't get them to do anything. And we're starting to see a little bit of articles in the medical media that are that are now giving us exactly what's happening. And you can't take three months out of a kid who's 13 years old's life, leave him at home, not let him socially interact, and expect that his developmental progress is going to be okay. And we're, we're going to see a lot of mental disease from this. This is from the uh, 314. It says, uh, my son had a nose test, and he got the results back in three hours. Now, he was about to have surgery, and, uh, oh, just uh, it just went on me. He's about to have surgery, but got those tests back in three hours. How does that happen in three hours, but yet some people get them back three days later? So how come some get them back quickly, Doc, and others do not? Well, this gets back to exactly what the, your, your question, and your question is, let's get to the test, you know, let's get to the the, you know, the, the 2020 test, not the 2019 test, and, and let's be progressive. The tests are getting more and more sophisticated or getting quicker, getting more accurate, and so that's 100% my point. My point is let's make sure that the testing we're doing gets us a result in a short period of time. And, you know, some of, the, some of the swabs, buccal swab tests, and some of the, the, the nasal swab tests are a lot quicker than the tests that were initially instituted, which were seven to ten, supposedly three to four days. It was taken seven days. Uh, my partner had one, uh, and it took him 14 days to get the test back. Well, that doesn't do you any good. So, again, you know, that, that, that 
that caller, that texter is 100% right. Make sure before you get the test, you know you're going to get the results you know, in a reasonable period of time. Because if, if you're getting the test to have a surgery, which every surgical patient has to have it, you, it doesn't do any good if your surgery is Wednesday and you're getting a test back in a week. So that's a question you have to ask before you have the test. When can I expect the results? And it, and it, should, it should normally be blood tests should be 15, 20 minutes. The nasal test should be less than six hours. Dr. Rick Liegman is my guest from the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine, and he deals with, I'm telling you, the top athletes in the world in any walk of uh, sports life you can imagine. Um, I'm curious, Doc, how many NFL players or really any professional athlete has called you and asked you a question about this. And let me let me set it up like this, because not every athlete is is Patrick Mahomes that just signed for over five hundred million dollars. They're trying to put food on the table too, right? You know, their 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 shelf life to make money is is very short and they're making, you know, a nice uh, chunk of change, but not making millions of dollars. They might be making, let's say, 300,000 or 400,000 or 500,000 and they might have a shelf life of three to four years to make that money and they say doc um you know what i i gotta play um what what's your advice for me doc should i should i do this uh, are you concerned i'm gonna get covid and what happens if i get covid and you know what do you think i should do i mean are they calling you up in a panic you know what i'm saying i mean are they calling you up a lot uh, what what are you what are you hearing from these pro athletes well, we're getting called constantly, and 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 you know they're not getting a straight answer from most sources because most sources don't really have a straight answer. And my my answer is you have to do a couple things. Number one, you have to take care of your immune system. We talked about this before. Uh, lots of vitamin D, lots of zinc, lots of colloidal silver. I've got everybody taking two aspirin a day. I've got everybody taking vitamin C. And we're doing a lot of immune uh, health kind of diets. So if your immune system is up to snuff, you know, that's your best shot for for not getting the COVID, even if you're exposed to it, because you're going to get exposed to it. It's in the air. Three million people minimum have it. So to say you're not going to have some exposure is ridiculous. And I think the best thing that they can do, and this is the answer, and this is 15 times a day, is, hey, you got to take care of your health, your immune system. You have to stay away from old people. It sounds terrible. I hate to say it. it. hurts me a little bit to say it. But if you're a pro athlete or you're an Olympic athlete or you're looking to play in the NFL next year, which we've got a lot of calls for, you've got to make sure that you're staying away from older people. Those are the people that are going to get you sick, and you have to stay away from asymptomatic kids. So there's a little bit of social distancing that goes on, and there's a little bit of an issue there. And then the last thing, which is most important, is – you cannot, you can't run your life, your training, afraid. So if you're going to try to do all your training in your house because you're afraid to go outside, you're going to miss the boat. You're going to get cut. You're not going to get your rookie bonus. You're not, you know, you just can't live your life that way. You got to get out and you got to train. So these are the issues and these are the things that I've been telling them. And again, we've been overloaded with that question because you know, in in reality, that's money that they're not going to get if no one plays. In terms of, and, and your expertise goes well beyond uh, sports, and I know you get tons of questions from everybody in every walk of life, and so we've we got a lot of people texting me about teachers. So schools are going to come back, and you know some schools may not. It's, it's still obviously a work in progress as fall is around the corner. 
What what would you tell teachers at this point in terms of if they go back in the classroom and, and I just had a great text saying my joy in life is helping kids, but yet my health is very important too. Clearly. Um, so what do you what do you tell teachers right now in terms of where we're at when trying to fight this virus? Well, I think teachers have a tough situation because a lot of the little kids and little kids can be, you know, seven and can be 15 um, can be asymptomatic carriers. And that's a concern. So you're going to have to do one of two things if you're going to go back to school. You're going to have to bump up your testing and see what your cohort is, i.e., which kids are positive, which kids are negative, which kids have had it. And and I think that's going to be important, and, and that's going to be a tough ticket. You know, that's a lot of kids getting a nasal swab or a pinprick or whatever. But you're going to have to do it if you're going to go back to school safely and you're going to protect the teachers, especially the teachers that are older. The second thing the teachers need to be doing is the teachers, and we just talked a little bit about it, need to be exercising aggressively. They need to be cutting their carbs down. They need to be bumping up their protein. They need to be taking their zinc. They need to be taking. The one thing that we're seeing over and over again is vitamin D deficiency. Take your vitamin D3. It's cheap. You can go get it at, you know, wherever, Walmart, and it's inexpensive. And there is a, a, a definite protection from taking vitamin T3. Take your aspirin and really work on your immune health. And if you're someone that's got asthma or has had cancer and has been on Im- immunosuppressive drugs, you can't go back to school. You know, that's just a fact. In terms of, well, here's a, a question. My wife was exposed to someone Tuesday whose husband tested positive yesterday. My work is making me get tested today. Is it too early for me to get the test? I'm sitting yep. in line for the test now. <laughs> well, you can get the test, but, you know, the incubation period's a little longer than that. So you probably should get tested and then retested. So I'd get tested today, get a base on, and I'd probably get tested four to five days later. But, yes, if you think you have one day of exposure, um, I don't think you can, you know, put put your bet down on, on today's test. I think that's too early. And what I would tell you is looking for a few things. One, are you sick? You know, in three days, are you, are you starting to feel bad? Are you coughing? You have chest pain, etc. That's kind of obvious. And number two, empirically, I would probably go get tested in four or five days just to make sure that whatever the test is today, you know, it's consistent with the test in four or five days. But clinically, if you're not sick, then uh, you don't have anything to worry about. And, and if you are an asymptomatic carrier, you do want to know it for not for your benefit, for, but for everybody else's benefit. So I would wait four or five days and get tested again, which is kind of Major League Baseball's plan. Sure. College football, Doc, uh, with the kids coming back, and we know, you know student athletes are one thing, but then the general population on a campus is another. In your opinion, any chance that college football comes back in the fall? You know, it looked like things were going pretty well. You know, there's a story that Alabama has given all their kids the COVID so that they don't get it in the national championship run, which I I, I don't doubt, but I don't know if that's true. But there, there's been some, some pretty uh, reputable reports of that. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the Ivy League cancels their season, and I think the Pac-10 is going to cancel their season. And now all of a sudden, to me, with the second resurgence, I, I, I would say it's probably 50-50. So... Initially, I thought college football had a pretty good shot. The SEC was, you know, balls to the wall, let's play. But, you know, now uh, I can see the trend changing. I talked to two ADs in the last 24 hours, and both of them are very, very skeptical about coming back. And these are big schools. So I would tell you at this point it's on the fence, which I wouldn't have said a week ago. And, again, that's that's this virus. This virus, this changes the information and where we're going changes every day with the numbers, 
the number of deaths, the number of people on ventilators, et cetera, which we're watching very closely. Final question. Um, it's one thing dealing with the virus, and it's another thing with these guys coming back. What type of injuries do you see that could be, because uh, I think that's overlooked, is that these guys haven't been playing, and all of a sudden they gotta, they got to ramp it up, and all of a sudden you got playoff hockey, NBA playoffs, you got Major League Baseball. Are we going to see more injuries because all of a sudden they're having a shortened time just to get ready to play? Well, you, you hit the, the mind. You know, you hit the the minefield, and 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 I think that's the biggest uh, one of the biggest issues. If an NBA player gets COVID, so what? Two or three days are fine. Five days are fine. You know, Ezekiel gets it; he's fine in a period of time. But now you got all these people that haven't trained baseball. You know, we're, we're just expecting huge soft tissue injuries, whether it's TJ or Tommy John or shoulder injuries. Um, all these groin strains, all the things that you see in hockey. All of a sudden, you're gonna you're, you haven't done anything in months and months, and now you're expecting everybody in two or three weeks to be ready to play uh, playoff hockey. It, it's it's not logical. So, from a sports medicine doctor who's heavy in the research, I would tell you that's that's the minefield right there. I'm expecting a disaster, and I think a lot of us who have talked about it, you know, and it's it's a select group in the country. You know, it's not that many high level sports guys, but we've talked about this, and we're very concerned that that. You know, there's no way to get ready for that intensity in such a short time. Doc, always uh, fascinating stuff. I appreciate your time. You do such wonderful work for so many athletes and kids here in St. Louis and across uh, the United States. Again, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. You got it. That's Dr. Rick Lehman from the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine here in town, and he's a part of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame and Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, has dealt with Olympic athletes and NHL, MLB, and college, you name it. He's done uh, so much work on so many athletes, and we appreciate his time on 101 ESPN. Get to some of the text uh, questions and messages. Also cross it over in just a bit. You're listening to 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Air Comfort Service text line, Rhino Shield, mic drop as we take you into Ribs and BK. And we'll start with the 636. Button knows what Army knows. You have zero, in capital letters, chance of being elite without Petro. His comparison to Alex, of Alex, to uh, Lidstrom sold me. Nick won eight Norris trophies. Can't argue with that. Yeah, I agree. I want to see him back, too. Let's go to a uh, mic drop, and this is Chris. Please, please, please make sure that Carlos is a uh, a starter. My heart cannot take him closing. <laughs> um, it's a, it's always his shakiest inning when he comes in amped up. Uh, the, the first inning that he pitches. Please, please make him a starter. Elite stuff. I think at some point, if he is a starter, uh, you will see a no-hitter. I'm not saying this year, but he's got elite stuff. He's an elite p- uh, pitcher. The bottom line with him, if it's if he is in the rotation, it's about health. But I, I still like him as a closer. He is a one guy that's right now a given. I love Ryan Hels- uh, Helsley's stuff. I've been saying for two years he will be a closer at some point. That's how much I like his stuff. I could see them going that direction. Giovanni Gallegos, again, another option. But we haven't seen him in camp. Time is starting to run out. You got about 14. Uh, Joshua on a mic drop. You know, 
Los gets the job done in that in that closer role. Yep. That 27th out, my God. <laughs> I mean, he starts walking batters, hitting batters. It's just tense, man. My blood pressure goes up. <laughs> so I'd rather see him in the starter role. All right. I get it. It's part of getting the final out. Okay. I see where you're going. can be a little tense. Got it. All right, fine. Sean, Rhino Shield, Mike Drop. It's time to rip the Band-Aid off and see what Martinez can do as a starter. We're paying him too much to just close. That's part of it. And with the potential he has to be an ace or a flop, we need to figure out what he will be or won't be for the cards long-term. And the only way they're going to do that to figure out his true worth is to throw him into a situation where he needs to prove his worth. So hopefully he's going to start. So that's fine. I'm with you. Who closes then? Got to have a closer. Or is it closer by committee? Which is fine too, but who are the names? Again, Gallegos, Helsley, Miller. And if he's in the rotation, I guess Kim. Kim would be an option out there as well. Or do you like Kim kind of in that seventh, eighth inning role? He's been stretched out as a starter. Could give you multiple innings. And you got to think about the beginning of the season too. You got 30 guys on the roster, so you're going to have plenty of options in the back end of the pen. The other aspect of this, too, is that when you look at the beginning of the season, um, these guys are are stretched out more than you think. So they're going to give you, if they're pitching well, more than just four innings, I would assume. Like Jack Flaherty could give you five, six innings on opening day. Let's go to Michael on a Rhino Shield mic drop. It's crazy to me that people don't have the perspective that Carlos Martinez is a true number one ace. If you gave him an opportunity, I think that he could throw a perfect game or a no-hitter. He has that type of nasty ability. I feel like when you put him in for that 27th out, he kind of gets too shaky and he's not as reliable. But if you put him in that first inning and then maybe over a course of a game, you could probably get more out of him. That's consistency, though. Every fifth day, can you get it? Now, number one gives you consistency, for the most part, 30 starts every fifth day. A number one does that. Carlos might throw you a no-hitter, but he also then, the next time out, might walk six. That's the difference. A number one gives you consistency every time out. Uh, Appreciate all those Rhino Shield mic drops and uh, the Air Comfort Service text line. Ribs and BK have coming to the studio so that means it is time for the crossover it, it is, is time, time for the cross the crossover yeah uh-huh how you doing today dan i'm doing great doing yeah? great yeah had dr rick lehman on talked Tricky virus ricky yeah a lot of virus talk and did he uh, give us good news or stuff that we already kind of knew no it's interesting did you listen uh BK? yeah i was listening he's interesting definitely interesting um I think he offers perspective from the fact that he's always talking to these guys, you know, and these guys are always calling him like I'm sure you did ribs at times, you know, about just various, oh, yeah. you know, because he was always at that time. He was, I think, the, the team doctor of the blues, was he not? Yeah, he was our, I believe, our orthopedic yeah. at that time. But he's got various degrees of, you know, vast knowledge of what's going on in the medical field. But uh, just I, one of the questions I posed to him, I said, you know, how many of your patients, if you will, or guys you're dealing with are calling you up saying, and I said, they're not all basically Patrick Mahomes, right? So these guys are saying, for instance, I've got 200 grand on the line or 300 grand, you know, doc, I, I need to play. 
you know, tell me about COVID. What should I do? And what are you telling him? And I'm paraphrasing here, but he's saying, look, it, it's your life. It's your lifestyle. But, you know, I think you're going to be okay, basically, is, is what he said, yep. BK. But, you know, we're still, it's still a work in progress, you know? <laughs> we're still trying to find out what's going still on trying here. to figure it out. Right. So, I don't know. We're trying to figure out what's uh, what's going on with sports. I, I found it interesting. I, I looked this up. The Ivy League is shut down. And I had all these people asking me, like, well, that's the first domino. I'm like, no. The Ivy League makes $31 million. The Big uh, tw- uh, no, Big Ten made $1.01 billion last year in football. So they'll take that to the final minute before they decide on what they're going to do. This is the difference for everybody, right? The only I've been saying this for as long as we've been talking about sports returning. The only reason we're doing this is because of the money portion of it. Yeah. It's why the minor leagues aren't back right now. Because if you don't have the fans in the stands, they have no way of making any money. So there's no reason to have the minor leagues. The, the, the cost-benefit analysis... It's not there for them. Whereas with the major leagues, there's a ton of revenue to be made off of the TV side of things. Same thing for the Power Five conferences in college football, Dan. If you're looking at the SEC, if they're going to be on television, they're going to play if they have any opportunity to do so because that's where most of their money comes from. So he was saying he thinks the Pac-10, that caught my attention. Now, he's got a lot of connections out west. He was saying, I'm going to ask you guys this. If you're the, let's just say SEC, as we talk in the middle of July, do you think they play football? Yes. Now, that's the SEC. You think they play football? Yes. Absolutely. Yes? Yeah, I agree. I think if With fans? The, the SEC, yes. I think the SEC limited, is going to yes. come out like guns a-blazing. They're really? going to have a limited amount of fans, but there will be fans, and they will play. Really? That's, I think so. I fully expect that. Really? It's <laughs> <laughs> the SEC. You know how much money they have on the line? I, I, but Yeah, but, I mean, how do you do it? Social distance amount there where require masks for everybody while I understand they're out. That that's that's the fans, but what about the kids on the field? If we're gonna have colleges, I think that's the way that they're doing it. And a lot of these universities, at least as of right now, they're all saying we're coming back to school come August. Yeah. All right. Ribs BK. For better or worse. I'm not saying it's the right thing or the wrong thing, but I think that's what's going to happen. I get it. I get it. What do you have coming up? We got a good show, I think, coming up today. Daniel Kaplan's going to talk about the NFL for the first time, kind of admitting that, you know, COVID is a real thing and they're going to have to adjust accordingly. Admitting that it's a real thing. So we're going to get (laughs) into that discussion with him coming up at 1130. Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Moon will join us coming up at noon to talk about Patrick Mahomes' new deal. And Jim Duquette, former MLB general manager, I want to talk to him about what it would be like right now to be a general manager in baseball and i mean let's be honest the dylan carlson situation how do you handle it if you're a gm all right looking forward to a great guest coming up that's from 11 to 2 and i'll be with you with uh jeremy rutherford in studio tomorrow all blues hockey from 10 till 11 tomorrow i'll see you at 10 on 101 espn you have been listening to the tv voice of the st louis cardinals scoops with danny mack on 101 espn